2: Good morning, everyone, and welcome to another edition of News You Can Use right here on WTIC News Talk 1080. It's been uh, an unfortunate spotlight that's been cast on Connecticut and especially Bristol, Connecticut, the past uh, couple of weeks with just this awful tragedy um, that happened with the loss of Lieutenant Dustin DeMonte and also Sergeant Alex Hamsey and, of course, uh, Officer Alex Alec Arado, who was severely uh, injured in an ambush, but the good news is, and we'll talk more about this today, is that he's doing better. So I wanted to bring on the mayor of, of Bristol to kind of talk about, you know, what happened, um, how Bristol is healing, the outpouring of support from all around the country that the city of Bristol, these officers and their families have received. So I want to welcome the mayor of Bristol. Jeff Caggiano, for being here today on this program. Mayor, how are you doing? Ann,
3: thank you very much for having me, and I'm doing okay. I think, like most, this tragedy hit us all hard, uh, whether you knew them individually or not uh it's a shock to the system and you have to ask the question how could this happen mm-hmm. uh, we were moving forward and uh certainly had a uh, a good two weeks in that we focused on the families and putting uh these brilliant uh hard-working heroes uh to rest uh, last friday and um you know we, we have to move forward
2: You do have to move forward. And I know, Mayor, that you had personal relationships. And that's one thing that I don't think everybody realizes about Bristol. I mean, you're a big town, but you're a small town. Everybody knows somebody who knows somebody. You were personal um, friends uh, of these officers. Um, So, you know, I give you a lot of credit for having to still lead a community when, you know, personally, people don't know what your connection was, but I know what your connection was. How difficult has that been?
3: Uh, I think to be very honest, it was extremely difficult because, as a relatively new mayor of the town, you have all the same emotions that the officers themselves had within the Bristol PD because they were really family. I was more friends with with the, with them and knew Alex in particular pretty well, and really relatively close family connections there my son in particular was uh very close with Alex and and the family uh very close with uh Bill Hamsey who is also connected to that family but in saying that you know everybody has friends or knows officers i think over the last couple of weeks i've almost become family to this group and um you know that that's a special thing but it was difficult to deal with the, the pain and tragedy, but because now I've become family, and I, I really took a lot of uh, cues from Chief Gould, you need to be strong. So as the as the mayor of the town, I certainly grieved at times. I put some things out there where people knew that I had the personal connections, uh, but but the city has to move forward, and uh, Chief Gould was a great role model for me. I give him a ton of credit.
2: Well, you know, I've got to say, you know, hats off to both the mayor and You, the chief Brian Gould, because you know the two of you have really stayed arm in arm, right? You've led by example here. You know, going back to the memorial service that was held at Rensselaer Field, just the way that—and I can't think of a better word—but the way that that service was choreographed by State Police, who took that task upon themselves with the intention, from what I've been told, we're going to put together this service, this dual funeral service. Um, for both DeMonte and for Hamsey, but we're going to do it the way the family wants it done. And you were there. You were there next to the chief. You both spoke. Um, did you get any feedback from the families? Did they think it was just an unbelievable tribute?
3: Uh, from what I have heard, yes, and I didn't have direct contact with them, but you know, this is how special the police department made it for them. They actually have what they call a handler. So one of the lieutenants is literally a personal, almost concierge for the family, mm-hmm. working with them through the process and continuing to work uh, with the family after. And I, and I think they had to be impressed and were impressed with the pomp and the honor and the tradition with how that that came about. I think, you know, clearly this was a special event. Uh, I also give them huge credit because I don't think many people uh, may have realized that early on both the wives were, were not going to speak. You know, they were wreaked with havoc and, and this is terrible and, and didn't think they could. But for me, that event was so special because they found the courage to mm-hmm. go ahead and, and express their grief. And, and the other key thing mm-hmm. that they came out with and what they said was how much their husbands loved to serve this community and they wanted to make sure everybody knew that you know this is a horrible loss but it doesn't go in vain and and it's recognized that these these guys are heroes
2: right and and we've heard that reiterated by the chief that not only both of these individuals actually all three individuals that were involved um, love the job love being a police officer but more importantly loved being police officers in Bristol. You had Dustin DeMonte, who was a 10-year veteran of the department, right? Uh, Alex Hamsey, an eight-year veteran. Um, So these folks have been around. It sounds like they're so young. How could they have been on the force that long? But, you know, when you start there, time goes by, right? And that really was their pride and joy. And just the stories that we've seen in the media of how these individuals touched different organizations. You know, one was a school resource officer, so touching students. And if you go to the memorial over there, you see a lot of parents with their kids bringing them by to explain what happened and to give them a sense of of reality of, unfortunately, how this world is today. But that's also a very touching thing. You know, the fact that this memorial kind of organically grew in front of the police department, and it's still there today.
3: Yeah. And somebody asked a question today, how much longer is it going to be there? And I wish I had an answer. I will see. We have I just walked by there a few minutes ago when there were four or five people there and they're bringing new flowers every day. Our our public works and uh, police administrative staff are refreshing that every day. They're taking the flowers that have been there for a couple of weeks that are wilting and they're putting them aside. We're, we're actually not getting rid of anything, but as the new flowers come in, they refresh it, make sure that it, it looks good and is well taken care of. And then we're going to look into... What do we do with all of this? How do Mm -hmm. we memorialize this event? And, you know, we're going to make benches and hopefully put some of these flowers into the new streetscape that just happens to be being built at the same time as we revitalize downtown. And uh, we'll have a committee that will come together and decide that. But for me, the other part of that, it's really interesting. is every day I continue to... We we have offices over there. We're, We're a split city hall. And so I go back and forth. And as I walk in... There's, there's new people from all over the country coming to witness this and pay their respects and uh, just give their, their heartfelt um, appreciation for what these officers have done. It's, it's, a, it's a cool thing.
2: It is. And we've also seen that you, you've got this, um, and if anyone's interested in doing donations, which have come from across the country, right, these donations – we have come from fund the first or to fund the first dot com, F-U-N-D-T-H-E-F-I-R-S-T dot com. Talk a little bit about that, because that's also critical. Unfortunately, in a time like this, people want to know what can I do? Where can I go? How has this fund grown and what are the intentions of the dollars that are being raised?
3: Yeah, I mean that is an amazing story. I, I looked at that and get a little deeper in that. So as of today 11 days into that fundraising, it was at $515,955, so that's 11 days only, and that fund continues to grow, which is great. The amount of money that we come with will probably never be enough, to be honest, but it's a great comfort to the families, I think, to know that they won't have money concerns, and obviously one of the families is is much more of a family, the DeMontes have two children, uh, already here a four and a two year old two beautiful little little girl and little boy uh, and one on the way yeah and even uh, uh, Alex's wife she is you know lost her her husband the love of her life they've been married uh, they have a dog you know it's just so young and so vibrant with so much ahead of them you just hate to have them worry about anything so my goal is to make sure that this fund the first uh, fund, gets up to a million dollars. And, you know, I believe that can happen in 11 days. We we got to over a half a million dollars and we need to just keep doing that because what we're seeing is everybody wants to help. And today at the press conference, I, I, I don't know if you recall, I told the story of, you know, I have a $30,000 check that a gentleman sent me, obviously somebody of means, but we have people literally coming off the street with handing us their last dollar yep. to give to these families. So, you know, anywhere between that $1 and $30,000 amount is significant and we need to harness that energy that people have and the and the passion that they have and make sure that, you know, these two officers and their families endure.
2: Yeah, and then some of these funds I know you're going to put together a special committee there in Bristol also. Uh, Not only to figure out what to do with some of the memorabilia that's been left and things like that, but also, you know, you might get involved with what the police unions and other community organizations so that, you know, this memory continues for years and years and years. Maybe it's uh, scholarships. uh, Maybe it's folks who want to get into law enforcement. That hasn't been determined yet, but this money will go a lot further than anybody really even realizes.
3: I agree. And I think uh, if anything really changes and comes from this is the respect that we need to continue to have. And many have, by the way, this is not uh, something that I'm, I'm complaining about. But I think putting our police on the pedestal that they deserve mm-hmm. right now needs to continue because these are people that set out to protect people uh, and go into danger when these are strangers that you're trying to protect, and you know that's just a great line from a Zach Brown song that I love. Um, but that that is something that I think has been lost a little bit throughout the country over the yes, last couple absolutely. of years. Absolutely, that honor for service. And and by the way, there's there's other levels of service here as well too. So our officers were hit very deeply, but we have our other first responders from the fire, from EMS. Uh, think about that crew that got to, uh, you know, show up on that scene, well, the horrific scene and, and how they've been traumatized. And, you know, the the country has lost their way a little bit, in my opinion, on how they recognize the importance of that and how we need to hold that there. So, I, as you said, I hope some of those funds are held aside. Uh, there's a couple of different funds out there, but some will definitely be held aside to make sure that we memorialize them and we also invest in our future Uh, first responders.
2: Absolutely. And I just want to echo what you just said, Mayor. And if you're just tuning in, we're speaking with Mayor Jeff Caggiano, uh, the mayor of Bristol. Let's not forget the respect for all those who have signed up, like you said, to serve and protect us. Um, So many different industries, so many different people. But I felt that too. I felt that we're all losing something. I think we get so busy in our lives that we just forget. And unfortunately, why does it take an incident like this, where we lose two young men and another is injured, for us to have that wake-up call? But, you know, I'm hoping it's a wake-up call that doesn't go away with time. I'm hoping that we can all just look at each other and shake each other by the shoulders and give each other a hug and that that hangs on for a while. And let me tell you, folks, if you haven't been down, to the police department and you haven't seen this memorial in person if you haven't read some of the little notes that have been written by school children if you haven't seen some of the cards and the sentiments in these cards that have been written by individuals if you haven't been there and experienced it let me tell you it's a life-changer and you really should do that because we all need to be reminded that life is precious and what are we so miserable for? Why aren't we respecting each other? That's my little, my little speech, because I get angry. I get angry. And when you go down there, it's different. People are walking around. They're absorbing it. They're reading it. They're reflecting. Everybody does and takes things away differently. But boy, what an eye opener and just hits you right in the heart. It really does. Yeah.
3: And I think uh, for me, I've given as many as I've received hugs in the past uh, a couple of Weeks than I probably have in the past couple of years. And you think about how, you know, we can't, I probably can't go on at this pace where we see 10 or 15 people a day and they just want to hug or they want to yeah. hug me. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we could say hello to everybody. We could pay attention more to what's happening. Um, you know, that tradition of acknowledging others, getting your head out of your phone, uh, paying attention to yourself and your own uh, mental and physical health. Uh, that's another thing that I'd love to talk about here right now, too. Is Throughout this, I've been trying to continue to run and stay in shape, um, and I haven't stayed up with it quite as much as I would have liked, but that physical health also leads to good mental health, and and we need to be there for each other. I think that's something that is definitely going to be learned in the short run here. The trick is how do we continue to perpetuate that three, four, five months from Mm -hmm. now, when that memorial will likely not be there any longer. And we will have lasting memorials, I'm sure, but you know, the, the power of, of it right now is very um, overwhelming and, and great. And so I, I love your suggestion that people should do that. The other suggestion I have too is people drive to that is in the city of Bristol, my guesstimate is about 40 or 50% of people have put up some type of blue lighting in the evening or throughout the night in the morning And um, throughout the holidays, I would love to see that uh, blue becomes the color of Christmas, let's say, and that we get to 80 or 90 percent of households shining that blue light so that when people come to our city, they know that we are 100 percent behind our
2: officers. Absolutely. That's a a great thing to ask people to do. And I'm sure if they hear it here that they're going to do it. Um, The other thing is, you know, working hand in hand with Chief Gould. And I know that another priority for the chief has been really taking care of the officers, of the first responders, the dispatchers, the civilians that work within the, the, the Bristol Police Department, because this takes you know a huge hit on a department and it sounds like he's really made it a priority to focus on making sure that eventually you know everybody's okay or at least as okay as they can be
3: yeah i think we we brought in or they have brought in because this is their specialty crisis teams um, uh, the, the, the dogs that come in, the, the uh, service dogs mm-hmm. that have come in and all of the other different departments, by the way. One little thing that we maybe missed here is how much mutual aid and support we've gotten from the other surrounding communities and throughout the state. Um, last weekend, I was spending a lot of time at the Bristol Police Department as these other officers were coming in and doing either co-shifts with our officers or literally just taking over the whole shift. They were coming from Stanford and coming from uh, you know an hour and fifteen minute drive away to, to work a double shift just to, to help their, their brethren and their the men and women that serve and I think we, we need to to realize that that type of effort is very important for people and uh, as you just so much appreciated and and you just mentioned to the ancillary staff. Uh, It takes a whole bunch of people to pull this together, and here in Bristol, we will struggle over the next couple of months where I'm sure that um, our force will uh, diminish and wane. Some people that were ready to retire might retire a little earlier. This might not be for everybody, but I I think the chief put a call to action out today to say that those that are willing and wanting to serve – He he likened it to 9-11, where he said, you know, post that a lot of people joined the military service. Well, right now we need people, not only in Bristol, by the way, but across the state to go ahead and start signing up. And uh, by the way, just a quick little update, just went down to our HR office a few minutes ago and, you know, in the past couple of months. And this is what's really happened that that people have to realize behind the scenes that it's was thought to be so hard to be a police officer that we used to have somewhere in the neighborhood of 100 people on the list taking the police officer's exam, trying to get into the academy and get hired. And we were down to less than 10 people just a couple months ago. And the good news is we're already seeing that number come up. And I, I'm not going to give you an exact number here, but we're into the dozens of people that have signed up in the last couple of days to um, take the police exam and get into the process and start it. So that's, very comforting for
2: me that is great and i saw during a recent press conference too the chief said it's it's a pretty easy process you go right on to the city of bristol's website go to the hr link on the website and you can go through the process right then and there and it's interesting isn't it that you know you think we know the danger involved in so many um occupations especially being law enforcement police officer and you would think that people then would run away from it. But it's like nine eleven, like you said, that maybe that's what it takes for people to gravitate towards it, to see the lives that these heroes lived, to see the difference that they made in their community, and to say, you know what, what am I waiting for? This is what I want to do. Yeah. And
3: I and I don't want to forget about Lieutenant DeMonte. No, and I wanna talk about I
2: wanna, like, talk about I wanna talk about him too. What's
3: the day? Exactly what they took from this. So there is another side of it, too. Yes, you run into danger. You do this. But, you know, Alex Hamsey in particular, who I knew better, smiles all the time. He got such gratification about, by giving back. That's just the way some people are wired. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's, so, uh, it, it's an honor for me to be connected to so many in this police force here in Bristol itself, a big, small town that exudes that type of service and they gained something as well by the way both the ladies who both the wives who spoke at um the funeral which we didn't expect that was really their main message is their husbands loved doing this and they wanted to make sure people knew that so um there's benefits on that side they they knew the risks and uh did it anyway but um Clearly, are probably looking down on us and, and smiling with the uh, outpouring of thanks that we all have for them.
2: Absolutely, and uh, let's talk too about um, Officer Alex or, Alec, or Let's talk too about Officer Alec Arado, 26 years old, wounded in the shooting. Can you update our listeners on how he's doing?
3: Yeah, I can give you the update from the chief that was at a press conference earlier to say uh, that he is recovering. Uh, One of the things that was pointed out is he was honored to carry in the honor flag that has been to things like 9-11 and has been passed around uh, the world to touch great hands like himself. And he walked in without his crutches and handed that flag off uh, to the honor guard for the the ceremony. So he is a, a very strong young individual. As um, the Chief said, he will likely want to come back before they even want to let him back mm-hmm. uh, from a physical standpoint. And then we just need to make sure that, I guess, he is good on, on the mental aspect of this as well. Uh, a very trying, traumatic experience for him. But uh, described as a true warrior and no doubt, no doubt in my mind at all, a unbelievable hero as anybody who would have watched the um, body cam on here, what he was able to accomplish that night under such horrific circumstances is, you know, truly awe-inspiring and something that um, I, I don't know Officer Ayorado well, but uh, look forward to getting to know him and understanding what's in his heart and his mind over the next years. And, and I hope he serves a very long time with the Bristol Police Force, young, young gentleman with a lot of potential and uh, is a hero.
2: Absolutely. Uh, if for those of you that maybe weren't aware, the suspect, from what I understand, uh, was in full tactical gear, and to get the shot in that took that suspect down, which Officer Arado did, um, really was was amazing. And he's a hero for that reason. And he's a hero for many more reasons. We've just got a couple more minutes. And again, if you want to jot this down and if you want to do something, like you said, like the mayor said, if it's it ranges anywhere from a dollar to up to $30,000 checks. Um, fundthefirst.com is really one of the best outlets uh, for you to check into and to make your donations. I know a lot of people are donating food and other things for the officers. But like you said, Mayor, too, you kind of want to spread this out. You don't want this to really end. So it's never too late to show your support, especially for a situation and a cause like this. Am I correct?
3: You are 100 percent correct. And uh, I, I think that the families really appreciate all of that effort. I know from the city side, you know, we have some of our benefits to the family that will get passed along and money is, is certainly not the answer to any of their problems. But we just need to take that one thing off their plate as as young families uh, moving forward. And, you know, we're getting there. For me, I, I have a, a goal in the back of my head, and I hate to throw it out there because I, I hope that it'll get surpassed. But we are, in all the funds and the monies that are out there that are coming in, probably approaching a million dollars by the time this airs. And uh, I I hope to double that, actually. I think, you know, a million for each to make sure that uh, going forward, they don't have those worries and that we can not only take care of them, but then also maybe put some money aside to help fund other memorials, other future officers. And, you know, God forbid people uh, need help in other ways.
2: Right. Your final message for people listening to the show is what? Uh,
3: you know, I think they have hope. We we have had a horrific thing happen to us in our big, small town. And many people are uh, listening, I'm sure, aren't from Bristol. But this literally could have happened anywhere. And as awful and tragic as it is, I think we need to look on the positive side of it and think about, you know, the heroic actions and, and the, the good over evil story that that may come out of it. And then also just move forward with that grace and dignity And take a deep breath every day to realize that um, it it wakes you up to how important it is to take care of yourself, your family, and your friends. And and actually, in a couple of my speeches, I talked about that. You know, you really need to have faith, family, and or friends. And all of those are ors. If you don't have even one of those to get you through uh, the hectic nature of a daily life, I think you're going to be in trouble. It's really important to just take a step back and think about how important life is and take some of those other things that we think are priorities and put them aside and take care of our family and friends.
2: Absolutely. We've got to realize how blessed we all really are. Great words to leave this program with Mayor Jeff Caggiano because um, we all need to rethink our priorities sometimes and rethink, you know, what we should really be grateful for. So thank you very much for sharing you know, everything that you're doing there in Bristol, I can tell you there's just so many people that are rooting for you. Again, we want to tell people FundTheFirst.com if you're interested in getting involved and, and helping out. And you know, we wish you continued healing and and all the best as the city of Bristol and this entire state and country move forward.
3: Thank you very much, Ann. And thank you to everybody out there that has shown such support to Bristol.
2: Absolutely. Well, one more thank you, and that's thanks to you for tuning in to this edition of News You Can Use right here on WTIC News Talk 1080.
0: How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage.